This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. This is Open for Business here on BFM 89.9. I'm Lily Chai. With just an illustration, it can paint a thousand words. And during time of crisis, uh, most people do turn to art for comfort and strength. Started back in 2018, Beatrice O oh is the founder and illustrator behind the beautiful illustrations of O oh Beatrice. Beatrice specializes in graphic design using watercolor illustrations, and she has been selling her illustrations in the form of stickers, uh, postcards, and portrait commissions. She also launched her children's book, Dumpling the Tiger not long ago, and she's here in the studio today with me to share her creative journey. Welcome to the show, Beatrice. Hi, thank you for having me. All right, tell us who you are and what you do. I am an artist based in Kuala Lumpur. I use mainly watercolor and color pencil to illustrate my stuff, and I'm focused mainly on storytelling. Mm. All right. So, when did this, you know, passion of yours start, and when did you decide that you can turn it to a full time business? I never really planned my life like I would. I never planned too much ahead. I just know what I want. I was in an advertising studio uh, as a designer, but I remember I wanted to do a lot of things. Like I want to do it, deal with customers. I want to deal with art directions I, because I was pretty fresh grad, like a pretty fresh grad. So they are n- not really open for so much of experimentation yet. You just got to get the things right. Uh, so I quit that and then I transitioned into just doing my own things. I never really call it like a business or all that. Yeah, I just want to do my own things. I want to sell my stuff and I want to try to sell it. So that's the direction like I was taking. And then when did you decide that I can turn it into a full-time business? I would say... Did you see like, oh, maybe your stickers have sold well? Or? I don't sell this merchandise first. I usually sell service first. So uh, service meaning like, okay, uh, you commissioned me something or you want to do a key visual. So my very, very first job, actually that job got me uh, my first uh, step into the business world, which is the Garden Small. They they saw me and then they're like, okay, we need a, a Christmas campaign, uh, key visual stuff. And that was my first ever gig. And I'm so thankful for that first gig because that really started my whole uh, business thing. Because, you know, they pay like a good price and then I managed to sustain myself for the first work. And that gave me like a false uh, idea that, okay, it's going to be easy. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, I think it's still a very lucky uh, opportunity to have. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, there are a lot of people who are very reluctant to turn their passion or hobby into business because they feel like, you know, it will turn into work. So how about you? What do you think about this and what challenges have you faced when you turn your passion into business? I picked out a lot of things when I was younger. So I, I went to dance classes, art classes, guitar classes, but... Uh, but I think towards the end, I'm really interested in also a little bit business, but also like I'm interested in the art of storytelling and also storytelling using art. So uh, that was the that was the whole goal. I don't think that you should turn your hobby into a business. I really don't think so. Um, it's just that I'm also interested in a little bit of business. Therefore, 
this one, this whole thing can keep, this machine, I would say, will keep, can keep going and f- like fuel itself because like sometimes I'm interested in the art. So I create and then after that, I'm also interested in the business of side of things. So I also do that. And then I it, will, it became a good cycle for me. But if you're only interested in the hobby, I don't think you should just uh, go into business for the, the the hobby that you're interested in because a lot of people, they, they, they hate the hobby afterwards. My friend, she bakes a lot and then she turned into business and then she just don't bake anymore. So I think you shouldn't ruin ruin your hobby just because someone say you should make money out of it mm. so right yeah okay let's talk about the things that you're selling currently so on your online store you do sell pins postcards stickers and color books that you illustrated so what was the process like for you to find manufacturers to print these products for you was it very straightforward or was there twists and turns I would say that I haven't really experimented the most in uh, all this uh, merchandise. We'll, I think we'll call it like merchandise, like stickers and postcards. But my goal is try to do everything locally. So I got my prints. I printed my books all locally and uh, I sourced the cards and paper also locally. But the pins, I still haven't, I have yet to find um, someone. I, tr- I tried locally and it didn't hit the uh, mark. So um. I wouldn't say it's the person's fault. I just haven't had the time to experiment. So all these pins and sticker stuff, but I've been doing art for a long time, but that's why I only had one year to create all these things. So I I wouldn't say that I have a lot of comments about the manufacturing, but I have heard a lot of designers, they say that the the manufacturers here, and a lot of them, they are not really willing to experiment with artists. Oh, there are a few, but it's a bit hard to find. And uh, a lot of artists are intimidated by um, the choices or the things that we can or cannot do and who to talk to. Like we're not that rich in that culture yet of experimenting with art and paper and prints and inks. Uh, although it's up and coming, definitely. Uh, we have a lot of ink, uh, printing studios coming up to just experiment all this stuff. But I am still on that journey. So because now I'm dabbling in books, I need to look at all this uh finishing so i wouldn't be the best person to ask yet but i'm um, i think it's definitely the manufacturing here is up and coming on the art side as well mm. all right so you recently released a children's book called dumpling the tiger now tell me more about the book what is it about and perhaps share the shares and brief what the process was like to create the book so dumpling the tiger is a, a book i just released I created during the pandemic and I released also during the pandemic. So it's not the best time to launch a book, but it was the best for me. It is my debut book. And uh, the the process was when pandemic hit, I, I knew I was going to do storybook, but I just didn't know when, like, when do I start or how do I start? Do, that, do I approach a publisher or do I wait for a publisher to approach me? So when pandemic hit, I realized my business model didn't work. So like, before the pandemic, I did a lot of like art market. So I go out, right? And then that is out of the out of the, uh, option. So I can't do that anymore. And then that, bis- that side of business cannot go on. And uh, I don't have merchandise also. I don't have those stickers and postcards you just mentioned. I don't have that. So I did a lot of service stuff like portraits and do that. But because no event is happening during that time and nobody's nobody show what's going to happen the next year more month even. So nobody's going to commission me for any business. So... There and then I knew my business model didn't work. So I thought to myself, I need to make a product that at least can scale. It can I can make it so good, but at the same time, 
I can sell it in an affordable price to a lot of people. So that's the main goal. So what is better than a book that I've always wanted to create? So I thought, might as well start now. I have no job. And uh, I also knew that my business model has a problem. I just didn't have time to fix it because of everything's happening. But now everything got quiet. I have time to think about, okay, what's next? So I started the book. I already have uh, some sketches and some writings. So I went into it and it took me one year. And, you know, another year of uh, sort of an MCO thing that is a lot of like restriction, but I launched the book online, completely marketing and everything selling online and it did okay. And now I realize, okay, this is a viable business and then also making things like nice art, but you make it into merchers, like prints and pins. So not just service like one-to-one, like I sell to you, maybe the, the thing, the artwork is 500 or 1,000. And then only one person can consume or one entity can consume. But I want to make something that I can, it can go far beyond to people that I have not met even. Mm. So that is the whole transition thing of the book and how the book started. So yeah, Dumpling the Tiger is a book that talks about, it shows showcases a lot of uh, Malaysian business. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to showcase a lot of Malaysian uh, environment and business. I grew up with a lot of uh, picture books and those picture books are very, I would say a lot of good ones. They are very nice and they, I can relate, but because they are set in other countries, sometimes in the Western country, sometimes they are in maybe Taiwan, um, I can relate, but I cannot insert myself. So I wanted to create a book that is for very localized that you can you can relate to it, but you also can insert yourself. And like, I have been in this in a mamak before uh, or in this environment of this kind of kitchen, this kind of setup. I like to make books that I hope that local kids like myself can insert themselves in. All right. Okay, it's time for us to take a short break for some messages, but don't go anywhere. I'm here with Beatrice Oh. She is an illustrator and the founder behind the beautiful illustrations of Oh Beatrice. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Benchmark for Managers, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Open for Business here on BFM 89.9 and I'm Lily Chai. I'm here in the studio today with uh, Beatrice Oh. She is an illustrator and the founder of uh, Oh Beatrice. She uh, specializes in graphic design using watercolor illustration and she has been selling her illustrations in the forms of uh, stickers, postcards and she also launched her first children's book called uh, Dumpling the Tiger. Now, um, I want to talk about, you know, you told me before the show that this book was self-published. So can you tell me and walk us through, you know, how the process was like? I would say, um, okay, to publish a book is not that complicated. So Malaysian has this, uh, this setup where you just, you just key in the book title and like maybe how many you want to print it. Is it a paperback? Is it a, a hardback? Is it an ebook? So you just got to put all these things down and it's free. You just get the ISBN and you are ready to print your books and get it officially recognized in bookstores. And, you know, it's not that hard to publish a book, but the hard part is to put a book together and find someone to print it for you. So, um, I would say it took me one and a half year to to really um, get this book ready to launch because of all these um, things 
I mean, it sounds really intimidating, but I think it's not that hard if you... I think, I guess how I look at it is like, okay, okay, once I got the story, what's next? Okay, once I got the um, the colors and, and all the text in, what's next? So it's very overwhelming if you if you are producing self-publishing alone and a picture book and storytelling for kids. Like All these things are really a craft and it takes years and years to master. But I just wanted to put something out. If I don't put something out, it's very hard to work on an improvement. So this is my first craft that I I would say start with and it will ha- I will have more in the future. Um, the process will be, I would say, like, okay, let's say if there's a picture book, you got to talk to um, artists, you got to talk to writers and you got to talk to designers that are good at paper. And I'm very lucky to have known some of them that they gave like really good advice. But don't overwhelm yourself with too many opinions. Um, but at the same time, like don't close yourself up like, okay, I am so scared of critique that I don't show them my work until it's ready. Then you will never get your book out. So I try to find that sweet spot. I also got some mistake during the first print and I paid the price, but it's okay. Like, you know, this if you can manage to afford to make some mistake, then you go for it. Like my first round of printing, I only print very little. So little is laughable. I only print 300 and uh, I have a lot of mistakes, but a lot of people are really forgiving because they are those who have followed me a long, long time and they wanted, they just, they're just happy that I, I have a book out and they tell me where my mistakes are in a, the kindest way possible. So I'm very lucky to have like all these people who tell me like okay this is what you can fix and um in the future you know let me prove it for you (laughs) i guess it's listening to people that you can trust and taking in constructive criticism and tuning out those that are just purely hate comments i would say i don't have haters yet (laughs) i'm too small to have haters but i would say like a lot of parents i'm surprised a lot of parents they buy a lot of like picture books and they will tell me what they notice are good in the book so this this i think is a very uh, it's a very rewarding experience, uh, even though uh, despite the mistakes. I believe it's a very steep learning curve for you as well. It was. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Like uh, understanding, doing, finishing yeah, and all from that. From doing portrait commissions yeah. to actually producing a book, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. So you did portrait commissions before the pandemic, you mentioned. And you also did watercolor workshops and live portrait uh, illustrations before the pandemic. Out of so many things that you have done, which did you enjoy doing most and what which was your uh, main income stream? The main I enjoy the most is when I get to meet people and connect with what I've created. So um, I think now it still is the most enjoyable part of my business, meaning uh, I like to connect through something. Uh, and I like to connect. So if there's something can be the artwork, it can be the the, the way I post and talk about things. That is the, my, my favorite, but I think it won't change for a long, long time. Um, but creating the process of creating that can change. So maybe like last time it was through like workshops and um, live illustration, but now it can be a form of book and storytelling. And I even, I even go to kindergartens and give them storytelling sessions. So whether the medium is going gonna to change, but I'm still going to love that part as aspect of like people but yeah back then I would say the main my mainstream of income is campaigns I would say campaigns first so if there are events happening they need packaging they need key visuals uh, and they need some branding kind of stuff I will make all the key visuals and portrait stuff I do everything watercolor I buy acid free paper and I, I buy paint and then I frame it up for you and then mail it to you all this I allow you to give a little bit of feedback to tweak. So therefore, I need to charge a little bit of premium. But I wouldn't say it's so high. So it's about like maybe 350 to 1000 for like a family A3 size. So all these are good. 
but it takes a lot of time from creating the things I want to create, meaning I want to tell stories. So c- portraits, they give good money because I'm creating for others, but there's no storytelling. So if they pay 1000 or they pay 300 that thing is going to go to one person or one family, But and that's it, it ends there. And for a campaign, if the campaign is over, I cre- rarely I create something that lasts a long, long time, maybe like a, for a mall display that lasts for a year. So I haven't had that kind of projects yet. So... Um, so that's the sad part that I feel like, okay, I love the, the creating of the thing coming to life, but it disappears as the event ends. So um, that was pre-pandemic stuff. So post-pandemic, I want to create more things that can last longer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you worked with AIA Malaysia and Ben's Ethicoa. Uh, so as an illustrator, how do you choose people who you want to work with? I, I, as long as they approach me, like I said, mentioned before, th- there is a storytelling aspect to it. I love it. I will take it. If you, if you just tell me, okay, this is what I want. I want this like one thing. I want this rabbit, for example. Um, I am not interested in just creating, unless there is a storytelling or like a narrative behind it or like a metaphor. I, I'm excited by all that kind of stuff. And I think they will also take my input as well. Like how does, how, how do we tell a good story using that kind of visual? Um, I, I pick based on those kind of like, if they ask me to do digital, I, I, I won't do it. Mm. All right. So you mentioned that you do pop-up booths. Uh, you don't have a store, but you have always done pop-up booths uh, in pre-pandemic. Are you doing? Are you still doing it now? And uh, what are your plans moving forward? I almost. I think I would say almost every two months or every month, I'm outside in all these booths. But the future plan is next year less of that more products more items and do a more meaningful one because i i think it's great that malaysia has a lot of all these art markets and all these art scenes up and coming um shout out to rio who organize all these art events with musics and uh, performances and they gather all these creatives and people who love creative stuff not just artists you know if you you create an, an event who brings people together who appreciates art and also who makes art um they really created this environment for more bazaars like that to come up and create that scene so i think malaysia is in this place that is we are we are evolving and growing and the art scene is booming so that's why you see a lot of art events happening on the weekend i mean it's a lot of try and error like you know some areas are not good or like some products are not going to go but i think this is part of the process i think this is great we have a lot of um we ha- we get more to choose from. It's always a good thing. We get more compet- competitors in a way. It's also a good thing. So we can elevate and, and improve. And you know, good competition always breeds uh, better results in the future. So I would say um, for myself, of course, I, I don't want to just accept every art event. Last time, it, it is hard to come by. Last, back then, like I would say like five, maybe eight years ago, all these events are hard to come by. So it's, when it shows up, you say yes. But now it's like, okay, we need to, I need to break that habit of like just saying yes to all the art events because there's so many right now and um, it's great, but I need to, ex- um, I need filter, to I filter them out and make all more uh, careful decisions on what I put out of solar. So that's the whole plan for next year. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for spending time with me, Beatrice. 
Thank you. I've been speaking to Beatrice O. She is the illustrator and founder of O Beatrice, where she specializes in graphic design using watercolor illustrations. If you miss any part of this show, you can go ahead on our website and download the full podcast at bfm.my or the BFM app that is available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. I'm Lily Chai and this has been Open for Business here on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.